Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Star Wars Legends podcast, episode seven. I'm Jeremy from Stupid Chainsaw Productions, and here we have John Tuttle. Also known as Dylan. And we got Brian today, also a member of the Alliance and other such groups. So we'll begin this podcast with how Brian got into the EU, since he's new, and that's what I do on here. Well, Jeremy, it's a long story, but I'm going to cut it short anyway. Um... Basically, I was at my cousin's house, and he was playing a video game on his computer at the time, uh, and it was a Star Wars game, and I didn't recognize it. It was uh, Dark Forces, and that was basically my initial introduction to it, um, which led me to go to the library and check out to see if there were any books. Uh, I found the Dark Forces um, novelization book, if you want to call it a novelization. Uh, but next to it was the uh, Back to War. Um, X-Wing book, and that was actually my first Star Wars novel, was the fourth book of the X-Wing series. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. That happens sometimes, man. Yeah. Um, well, it's good to have you. We got Lacey in the background, her introduction to this channel. Actually turned around. I am shocked. I know. She's actually coming to see me. Anyway... So let's get into it. Let's talk some Armada. Dylan has a little gripe with Fantasy Flight. Mm. I wouldn't call it a gripe. So does my phone. That was amazingly timed, by the way. Yes, oh, man. Yesler likes his timing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say gripe. More of I'm disappointed in this current wave. Now, they uh, if you haven't been following it, they essentially they announced Wave 3 of Star Wars Armada, which is going to include two new expansions, the um, Gallifrey Transport and the, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like basically the uh, the uh, troop carrier from Star Wars Rebels as the Imperial one. And it's going to be like, there are new types of ships called flotillas, which aren't that strong in game, but give buffs to your other ships. And it's starting up this new concept in the game of, you know, you don't just have warships, you have ships giving your other ships buffs, you have to protect. Which I do like, I do like that aspect of the game. And I, well, I don't like that the fact that stuff from the new can is ending up in Armada. I knew this would happen eventually, and honestly, I'm just not going to buy that set anyway. So, doesn't no, take me off this. I maintain your best option in this is going to be buying two of the Gallifrey Transport sets. That well, I'm you... already going to buy two. See? Well, okay, fine. You've already got yourself covered there. Maybe you just buy a third one then. <laughs> Jeez, I don't major know. Problem. Go on. My go major on. problem with if you're on Star Wars reviewers, you've, you've probably seen this um, post already. Was the fact that all we're getting in this wave is two ships, and this is coming off of Wave One when we got five ships, three mm -hmm. which were included in the core game, and two additional ships. Wave Two. 
Oh, right, sorry, we got five ships and two squadron packs. Wave two, we also get uh, four ships and one squadron pack. Two of the ships being of a new size class, which which evolved the game um, further, but also giving us some of the ships the old size class to expand on the uh, game mechanics which are already in play, as well as another squadron pack which gives both more roles to the squadrons and um, gives more options to the roles which already exist. Right. So adding in the new elements to the game while, e while adding more of the old elements. Well, in Wave 3, it seems like all we're getting is new elements, but we're not getting anything to add to the old. And this wave is really bare bones. I'm actually disappointed in fantasy. As much as I hate to say it, I'm really disappointed. I think they dropped the ball on this wave. Yeah. I just I wish there was more. And I know there can be more, because if you look at Armada's sister game, X-Wing, I mean, they're on their 10th expansion right now, and they have so many starfighters that they've already made for the they already have models for. They already have stats for. They've already shown that they take basically the X-Wing stats and just apply them for Armada. They can do this. I know they have it in them, but we're just not seeing we're just not seeing enough of it. And that's what upsets me the most. But yeah, that's my first impressions of Wave 3 of Armada. Yeah, I didn't realize it was only those two um, things being added into that wave. That seems a little bit spare bones. You're right about that. It's almost like they're just being really, really, really lazy, and they're only focusing on X-Wing, because X-Wing's got a ton of stuff right now. They re X-Wing really capitalized on Force Awakens, like to the point where the core game actually changed, and it's now only Force Awakens ships. Well, no, it's not. It's not changed. They um, they updated it so there's new rules, there's new rules and new components to X-wing, which you can only get in the uh, Force Awakens new um, core set with the Force Awakens ships. The old games and are still compatible with X-wing, but there are new rules involved to make the Force Awakens ships work. It's kind of a it's interesting, but yeah, you can use the old Expanded Universe sets with the Force Awakens sets. Hmm. So, for all you true Legends believers, you can make a wing of all Star Wars Expanded Universe ships and just completely destroy all the Disney canon ships that are coming out. Because let's face it, that's what you should do. Well, right. segueing into new canon pilots, let's talk about the new Marvel series that comes out on Wednesday. Poe Dameron's getting his own series. Um, it's actually happening. Whether this is going to actually continue to be an ongoing, like Kanan, the last Padawan, or it's going to go the five-issue mini route that almost all of the Star Wars series have gone because they don't do well, um, it remains to be seen. But the pre-orders pre for this are out there. It's crazy. This is probably the most successful comic pre-order they've had in a long while. At least since Star, um, Star Wars 1, with all 600 variant copies that they yeah. covers that they had. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be picking this up. I'm going to see if this is actually worth your time. So money. why do you think it is that it's so much more popular than the rest of their stuff they come out with recently? Because people are sick of Rebellion-era stuff. <laughs> So it's something from this new era that they've been building up so long and it, nothing else really has been? Is, what, is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, what, what's been going on lately, it's a combination of the Marvel era stuff, with the exception of the miniseries Anakin and Obi-Wan and Anakin, um, and Kane and the Last Padawan. They're all Rebellion era. They all take place in that, in between episodes four and five. And on top of that, the battle, new Star Wars Battlefront game takes place in that era. And makes me wonder. Um, makes me wonder if this doesn't bode well for the upcoming uh, movie release that Disney has, um, since that's also going to be technically a rebellion era. Um, that's not necessarily something people are. I interested think it's in. just people want to know how we. I mean, we had uh, last year the quote-unquote Road to Force Awakens, which just turned out to be journey. Or yeah, the journey to the Force Awakens, which just happened to be like. Uh, I mean, we got aftermath which was a little bit after Return of the Jedi, but and from what you said, kind of sets it up. Of course, we haven't... The trilogy isn't out yet, so we don't know where really where that's going, but in a bunch of other stuff that doesn't really build from... novels out of that that don't really explain anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Shattered, so I'm wondering Empire, if- which is about Poe Dameron's parents, which I didn't even catch on to that because their names are mentioned once in issue one. And then never mentioned again by the last names. And that was really tacked on. And yeah, and then we have this C3PO one shot that has been being pushed back for a while. It should have come out last week. Should have came out. And it didn't. And so I don't know if that's ever gonna come out. And it's gonna explain how C three PO got his red arm. Okay. But um, also, in other news, comic-related, Rogue One prequel comic coming out. Um, nothing else on it. It's coming out in the fall. Okay. Like with Rogue One, they're not saying anything about it. So, but what's the release on the movie? Uh, release date? On December. The December. So this is supposed to come out before the movie, then? Yes. Do you think they'll um, delay the uh, novelization again, like they did with Force? Force I don't Awakens? even know if there'll be a novelization. Really? That would seem like that a interesting to me. Um, I don't think they think this is going to be a good movie. I think they think this is a dud, and that's why we haven't gotten any marketing for it at all. That, or they're letting the uh, market settle down a little bit because they did oversaturate everything. Basically, you know, leading up into the the Force Awakens, it was everywhere. So maybe people are just needing a break from Star Wars for a bit. Yeah, right. I and mean, in the old day, the classic days, we had three years between each movie. Now we have a movie a year. People are gonna be fucking sick of it. Also, in new canon news, uh, Del Rey announced that there's gonna be an Ahsoka post Ahsoka um, novel. Post Clone Wars, but pre Rebels. That's so disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know my opinion of Ahsoka, but let's talk shit about the Clone Wars real quick since we do this every podcast. I fucking hate the Clone Wars. I wish it would die. I, I want to urinate on every copy of the Clone Wars I see. Um, I want to urinate on Filoni's stupid fedora. He has cowboy hat. So, uh, Joey, which, which is only used, neckbearded asshole. 
what you're telling me is you feel quite strongly about this. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate it. All right. <laughs> I hate that Ahsoka's in Rebels. I hate that. I hate that she's like the most competent person in Rebels, but she's a failed Padawan. Why is it that their characters are so fucking competent, but they are always Padawans? Caden was a Padawan. Ahsoka was a Padawan that was snarky and stupid and was not funny ever. Um, you watched Rebels, by the way? I've watched maybe three episodes. Alright, so you haven't seen the season finale then? There's two more episodes than I watched. <laughs> oh, uh... They're, they're drunken blurs of annoying... <laughs> yeah, the season finale numbers haven't had, but I'm keeping up with my um, Rebels ratings. Basically, I don't know if I've... Since the last time I've updated it, every episode is getting between like a .46 and a .61. Jesus Christ! That's worse than the first season. And uh, if you guys don't know, I actually have a... I have a document where I keep track of the uh, ratings that uh, Clone Wars got and the ratings that Rebels is getting, just as a straight comparison. I've been keeping up with. Yeah, everything since my last update has been between a oh a four eight and a oh, actually they got a six eight once. Yeah, it's been. Meanwhile, um, Clone Wars season two, uh, the first episode got a two point five eight, second episode got a two point five eight, the third episode got a two point eight. Yeah. <laughs> We still don't so, have the season. So judging by how Jeremy feels about the Clone Wars, and comparatively speaking on the ratings, I don't even want to know what he thinks about Rebels if you were to watch Rebels more than three I episodes. can't watch it sober. You can't, okay, so you can't even watch it sober. Okay, that's that's a good start. The Clone Wars, I could suffer through it sober. Rebels, I can't, because it's it, the animation is worse. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, the animations, every it's like they're it's like they're all Gumbies. <laughs> Not talking shit about Gumby, but I mean, they they all move like Gumby. Even the stormtroopers that shouldn't move like Gumby move like Gumby. And the human body does not work that way. <laughs> they wibble and they waddle, wobble and they bend, and it's, they they have space diapers. I mean, the list goes on. True that. <laughs> Bigots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, Sounds like still on the right track. <laughs> I, there was one part of... See, I don't even know. I think it was either the beginning of season two or end of season one. Vader shows up and he beats up everyone. And I was fine with that. Although Vader looked like the Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Which they seem to have really fallen in love with, you know, at Disney. Either. It's not even like a good version of the Ralph McQuarrie art because if you read Tales of the Jedi, a lot of it ends up looking similar to the Ralph McQuarrie art near the end of it. I use a lot of Ralph McQuarrie's designs for Yavin 4. Um, and that's nice. It looks nice. Rebels doesn't look nice. I mean, they have the concept art for Chewbacca, and it's now a species in Star Wars. I don't know why, but it it is now. Um, yeah. 
over all in all, don't watch Rebels. Apparently, um, they killed off Ahsoka in the season finale. Hooray! Or, oh, good. It's not really it's speculating. Basically, I actually saw the scene, um, but like it's Ahsoka it versus Vader, and like uh, Ahsoka force pushes um, Urza out, and like the chamber closes, and they fly away, and the chamber they're in explodes. And that's Ahsoka's death. That probably isn't. It probably yeah, isn't, but people I, are like... I doubt he would kill her. No, he'll kill her. And there's there's people... There's one camp people saying that she's dead. There's another camp that's saying they're just going to Darth Maul her. And like, and then she's going to be back later. With robot legs. Maybe she'll right. have robot hair. <laughs> she, was a twi- she was a Twi'lek, would she have robot Leku? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wait, what are the uh, what are the uh, the things on the um, the Grutens called again? What are those called? I don't know. They're, um, they're head tendrils. Anyway, this is getting really nerdy right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Am I not in the right place? <laughs> oh God! So do we, we segue into what we're reading? I think we should segue into this first. Oh, that's right. Oh, God damn, it's finally here. So, our good buddy Dennis has officially gotten a printing of Heart of the Jedi out. Not just in paperback, but in hardcover as well. Um, he was wor- He's been working on this for a while, and people just keep on, you know, shitting on his parade on Lulu. So he yeah, there was an original him. link. There was original link up that we he shared, and then it got taken down. So we now have uh, subsequent links, but we're not sure how long they're going to last. So get them while they're hot. And also, in case you were wondering, um, he did take the time to add in Heart of the Jedi within the timeline. Wait, where is it? There it is. And that will be. Once I get that, I'm going to be reviewing that next. I'll look forward to that. And then, uh, for those of you who don't know, Heart of the Jedi was an unpublished Bantam novel, which was supposed to be essentially Truce of Bikura, or not Truce of Bikura, but like the first story after um, Return of the Jedi. Truce of Bikura. But Kathy had a better relationship with the editor, editor than Kenneth C. Flint did. And they basically forgot about him until like he emailed like like hey what or sent him like hey uh, what's going on they're like oh we're not doing the book and then and he sat on it for years until uh, Joe Bongiorno at StarWarsTimeline.net got a hold of it and he's uh, edited it he's edited it to fit into the continuity the Legends continuity expanded universe continuity so this fits perfectly within the timeline or so I've heard I haven't actually read it yet but everyone who's read it says it's it fits. I'm excited. Yeah, I really a- am excited. I got a hardcover, just to <laughs> let you guys know, of course. Right, I, mean, I mean, just look at this cover. I mean, doesn't it speak to you? Yeah. Look, I can even make a move. Oh, my God. Dave Filoni's creaming his pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's segue into what we're reading. 
Well, hopefully nothing about that. <laughs> Brian, what are you reading? Um, I am in the middle of my reread of the uh, New Jedi Order series. Um, I think I'm approaching... Eh, I think I'm approaching... When did I just finish? Agents of Chaos 2. So um, I'm approaching... Uh, what's the next story in the series? Balance Point. Balance Point? Yeah, I'm approaching Balance Point on that one then. Speaking of it's been a while since I actually read the New Jedi Order because I read it as they were released originally. That was my junior high through high school uh, senior year. Uh, the last book was released in my senior year. So uh, it was quite the uh, ride for me. It didn't feel like 19 books at the time. It was always, okay, when's the next book coming out? Give me the next book. I need to know what's happening next. <laughs> so uh, it's been kind of interesting doing a reread. I've actually had to take breaks in between them. Um, one of my next break books in between these um, New Jedi Order books is actually going to be uh, the Darth Plagueis uh, book because I haven't read it yet. It's still sitting on my nightstand, and I got copy. And if you don't know, that's actually Jeremy's least favorite book. That's like uh, that's like the uh, Crystal Star of um, <laughs> or Matt you Wilson's Crystal Star. Everybody I know love that book though, so I I don't know. I got to give it a fair chance. Or roof for president, he'll he'll make you galaxy great again. Right? He's gonna <laughs> build a wall around Disneyland, and he's gonna make Bob Iger pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, great at viewer. He is great at making deals, and those are deals that he's not gonna alter any further. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to what we're reading. Yeah, so what are you guys reading? Dylan, what you reading? Because you're the one who reads the most, actually, out of all of us at the EU. I just... Well, it's not really what I'm reading. I just finished Legacy of the Force Bloodline, so I'll be starting up Legacy of the Force Tempest tomorrow. Oh, dude. He's so Dylan, as soon as he finished Betrayal... He, bet, he he calls me up and he's like, Jeremy, how'd you read this without reading any other EU? I'm like, it was difficult, so I read Vector Prime. And then I was further. That's like being like, hey, um, I'm just going to watch The Deathly Hallows Part 1. I'm not even going to watch any or read any of their Harry Potter books, but I should be good, right? No? Okay. Actually, I'm just going to start with Return of the King. Yeah, I'll be fine. Story. My grandfather, not the one that just passed away, my my grandmother's step, uh, her new current husband, he he went with us to see Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, not knowing what Harry Potter even was, <laughs> and he hated it, and he's not watched one ever since. Yeah, I guess that happens if you jump in the middle of the action. <laughs> so, what are you reading, Jeremy? Oh, geez. I'm kind of not reading anything EU. I started Luke Skywalker and the Shadow of Mindor, and I don't like it at all. I talked with, talked about this on Tuesday Treadmill Talks. I just can't get into it because Matthew Stover writes the most convoluted space battles imaginable and takes a whole page to explain what a TIE advance is when you could just explain it in one paragraph. Um, is he is so freaking wordy that I don't like reading it. Mm. And someone's thinking, oh, books are full of words, Jeremy. Oh, you fucking dumbass. You retard. And I'm like, I'm like, hold the phone, bitch. Hold the fucking phone. Alright. It's just, 
so hard to get into. I was enjoying the introduction, and then chapter one began, and I've just kind of stopped reading it. So new canon-wise, I've been suffering through Marvel, Star Wars, and Darth Vader. I've just finished issue 10 of both of the series. And I must say, the changes they're making to characters are really stupid. Mm -hmm. Boba Fett is evil. He is straight up incredibly sadistic for no apparent reason. Uh, he's just an ass. You know how Boba Fett, he just didn't care about anything, really? He just wanted the money. Well, now Boba Fett takes pleasure in torturing people for no reason and beating up people for no reason and doing all these things that are nonsensical for no reason. Oh, and he and Luke have already fought. They fought in issue six. Okay. Well, Luke was blind. Yeah. Luke, who has little to no Jedi training except for the few hours he had with Obi-Wan, is able to hold his, hold his own against the most notorious bounty hunter in a Mandalorian. Well, I mean, to be fair in the new canon, Rey had absolutely no Jedi training at all, and she was able to hold her own against a Sith Lord. That's not a Sith Lord. He's a Knight of Ren. you got to get that right. We can't use George Lucas terms here. Okay. <laughs> See, I haven't even seen, seen the movie. I'm just going off that what Knight I hear. Knight of Revan or Knight of Ren? I, 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 that one is still not clear to me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, other weird things. Han Solo's kind of life is really, 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 really annoying. And it's officially the worst Star Wars character ever written. Even worse than Kara Holt? Yes, even worse than Kara Holt. Because Kara Hold is boring, but this character is boring and annoying. <laughs> and is it supposed to be a comic relief character, but ends up being kind of like a Jar Jar Binks? I'm oh. shocked he didn't step in the poopy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Luke goes to Shadar, which is now canon and new canon. <laughs> I like how they, they took the smuggler's moon and they, they made that cannon. Uh, because he wants to go to the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Oh, he leaves the Rebellion to do this. He's no longer part of the Rebellion. Right. He quit his military service. Just like that. And he takes one of their X-Wings. Even though the Rebel Alliance is on the run and needs all the tech they can get, they let him have an X-Wing in R2-D2. Okay. Oh, and um, so because he, he and he gets kidnapped by a hut naturally, who collects okay. Jedi artifacts. Who else kidnaps people? Come on. Oh, and this hut has robot legs. Right. Legs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and to make matters worse, um, so because C-3PO and Chewbacca haven't been doing anything because the Millennium Falcon got really damaged because Darth Vader like tried to use the Force on it or something stupid. No, it was these weird tentacle monsters were tearing it apart while Darth Vader chopped off the foot of an AT-AT that Hansel and Leia were driving. And uh, that was an issue three or four. So you're saying we should uh, expect a can rant soon. Oh, yeah, you you should see a Skywalker Strikes review coming soon because someone okay. got me trade of it. How about that uh, Star Wars issue 3 review? Um, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> I might as well suffer through all Skywalker Strikes. 
Oh, do you mean the uh, original 1977 issue three? No, I mean the issue three that you said you would never read. You wouldn't even disgrace your toilet by flushing it down. Are you talking about the Dark Horse Star Wars by Brian Wood? Because I already reviewed that issue three. I, issue, I reviewed that several years ago now. <laughs> um, I, Dylan, I just don't know what you're talking about, and I don't want to know. But anyway, so Darth Vader, meanwhile, is interwoven in this. Um, he fig He's just figured out that Luke is his son. Okay. But now he has his own special team because no one trusts him anymore because he kind of... Emperor blamed him for blowing up the Death Star, so it's pretty much EU again. I'm reminded of that robot chicken skit. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> now he has a special team that consists of an archaeologist named Alpha who has a nice butt hmm. and kind of no personality at all except for she's kind of slightly Deadpool but can't reform, and uh, no, that's not a raccoon, that's my cat. Walks <laughs> like a raccoon, but it's, it's, it's the cat. Um, but uh, a protocol droid that is fluent in not only etiquette and protocol, but also torture, that acts just like C-3PO. And an astromech droid that's also a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, and now he has an... Um, he has an army of elite battle droids reminiscent of Filoni's Clone Wars. Right. That's his private army. But he finds out that the Emperor has come out with more Grievous-type assassins. Rather than having more Emperor's hands or Inquisitors, they have these... This cyborg makes these assassins that can use technology to enhance their force powers, I think. It doesn't make any sense how they explained it. That's how the first arc ends, and now Vader is being babysat by this guy who has a, a monocle. That's his character. Which, the monocle makes him smart. Oh, okay. He's really competent because he has a monocle. That's pretty. I'm pretty oh, sure that's oh, the reasoning. They, they don't say that. Monocle, and I'm not talking about space monocle like Chuck Wendig would give someone. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a monocle because I guess glasses exist in Star Wars now. Okay. Right. <laughs> he he has a monocle. Oh, that one guy that Darth Vader choked out is um. She's over there. Um. He is, um, you know, his boss now. You, you remember the guy he choked out in the original Star Wars? Well, it's his boss. Isn't that funny, guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think so. And sorry, the family's home. Anyway, <laughs> let's. That's pretty much what I've been reading. Let's wrap it up with some questions. Well, we got a few questions. Um. First question is coming from Dark Snovia. Um, he says, what is the best way to read the new canon? Because it's hard for me to read and because it's so shitty. Drunk. I would say don't. Yeah, that's um, actually the best answer. 
I, I haven't been reading any new canon, and I'm still maintaining some semblance of my sanity, so... Yeah, I think that's probably the best answer. Just don't. And if you're an absolute sadist, I suppose you can listen to somebody who has read it, and that could be it for you. Well, I'll read it for you, because some of it is actually pretty entertaining. So it's I like the Clone Wars. It's like 15 to 20% good quality stories. Yeah. And then the rest is just like... Why? They call it the Filoni standard. Okay. Got it. I knew there was. By the way, that fifteen twenty percent is on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything you want to add, Brian? <laughs> no, you. I think you guys got it pretty covered. Just glad to have the uh, industry standard term added to my vocabulary for this uh, Filoni standard. <laughs> 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 and speaking of Filoni, uh, Darth Beard asks, uh, besides Filoni and the Rebels nonsense, what are your favorite and least favorite parts of the original trilogy and the prequels? Oh, jeez. I can do the prequels right now. My favorite parts are... I'm going to cheat with this one. When the EU made sense of some of the really bad writing in the prequels... And you're like, oh, that makes more sense. The worst part of the prequels is Jar Jar Binks, by far. And a lot of poor little Jake Lloyd's dialogue in episode one. Yeah. Uh, original trilogy, the best parts are pretty much all of it. <laughs> Cop out answer. <laughs> first parts, though, uh, m m I'm getting the whole Ewoks thing, but I know Matt will kill me if I say that. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm, I want to see the special editions and the unnecessary changes, but also the weird continuity errors that you see when you see it 20 times, like, oh, there's a bush there, and now there's not a bush. Mm -hmm. Or when, I think what the thing that makes me cringe, the only thing that makes me cringe in those is when suddenly Carrie Fisher puts on a British accent in one scene while talking to Tarkin before they blow up Alderaan. She talks a different way as opposed to how she talks through the rest of the trilogy. Interesting. I never noticed that. Yeah, you'll, you'll well, that notice can be that. A, that can be attributed to the fact that Imperials, there seems to be an Imperial dialect, which is what we in our our universe know as the British dialect. It could be that she's just used to talk to Imperials in that way or through something that that's just how she talks to Imperials. Yeah, I can see that slipping in. It's not too hard to explain. By the way, this is my campaign yeah. for Leland Chi's job, just trying to fix all these retcons. <laughs> all these you have really good ones for the Clone Wars. Who, me? Yeah, you came up with some good ones. Even though Fantasy Flight technically retconned the whole thing. Anyway, my... Hmm. Least favorite parts for both are easy. My least favorite part is pretty much the beginning of Attack of the Clones. Because it's a whole lot of nothing that kind of happens. Until the speeder chase. Yeah, that's... Well, no, not even that. The speeder chase is okay. 
But even that doesn't really have a point. It's really up until Obi-Wan gets to Kamino that the plot really starts rolling. And from then on, it's an okay movie. But really, the first part of the Clone Wars is, is, is difficult for me to get through. Whenever I watch the Star Wars movies, that's the, it's difficult to get through that and the part of that I was going to get to when I get to the original trilogy. There's also another difficult part to get through. But best part of the clone of the uh, prequel trilogy, I'm going to say this, the final half of episode three, just because of all the closure that you get. Or not the really closure, but all the loose ends, um, or all the, essentially, you know everything that's going to happen going into episode three, I think. Yeah. Unless you're watching it for some reason in timeline order, 90% of Star Wars fans going into episode three knew what was going to happen at the end. But to actually see it unfold... It does tie pretty well to episode four. Right. It's a very rewarding the first time you see it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite parts of ep- of the prequels. Now, going to the original trilogy, again, my least favorite part was the middle portion of a Return of the Jedi. From about after the planning stage, the Endor battle, to when the battle begins. Because, again, it's a whole lot of nothing. Not really much happens. It's just... That, that drives the... It's just like... Okay, there's this big battle coming, and let's just do nothing for like 40 minutes oh, until oh, we get to the battle. Captured by the Ewoks and all that. Yeah, it, it, it's. I get why it's there, and I I do enjoy I do enjoy it, but in the whole grand scheme of things, not much really happens. That's important, and I can't think of in the original trilogy an extended period of time that that's long, that long that that exists. You gotta move now. Move pieces in the place for the end. Right. That's really right, but it, it's maneuvering all the pieces in the place. Right, but I, I just felt like you could have done all that in a shorter period of time. Probably. Probably. And the best part would have to be the uh, the Battle of Yavin, just yeah. because that's. I mean, it's such an iconic scene in not, not only Star Wars, but in really film in general. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. They won an Oscar for that. <laughs> they won several Oscars. I think they won eight or nine. They got nominated for eight or nine. I think they only won... They, they, won, they won a few. Yeah, they won a lot. They didn't win Best Picture, and they didn't... They didn't win Best Picture... But they won a bunch of others. So it was least favorite and and favorite parts for each trilogy, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, so original trilogy... Actually, let's just go prequel. Prequel trilogy, least favorite thing would be episode two, specifically the romance writing was forced, not done well. You could have done so much better. You mean you didn't like right. the stant metaphor? No. <laughs> None of that was done well. I've seen... Uh, I've seen some very bad anime that's been done better than that in their plot lines. But um, favorite part for the uh, the prequel trilogy would be the um, lightsaber, lightsaber choreography for the most part was pretty great. Um, entertaining the watch, you know, high energy, um, kind of uh, conveyed the uh, feel of the Jedi Order as it was supposed to be in its prime, you know, versus the, uh, the Sith as they're coming out of their... 
long, hot, uh, hidden stage. Um, for the uh, original trilogy, least favorite is not... I really don't have like a real least favorite portion for the, the original trilogy. There are some changes that they did in the special um, editions and the later re editions that I didn't like too much. Um, but not one in particular that really kills anything to me. Uh, favorite, it would definitely be the... Um, I love the space battle in Episode 6. It's what made it my favorite of all the movies was the space battle in Episode 6. Yeah, I love that too. All the uh, all the characters and how they're interacting, and I just think it was done pretty well. <laughs> all right, so. and then the final question we have is from the Geeks Addict. He asks, uh, "Can we no longer discuss the Crystal Star? It makes my blood pressure rise." Um, I, I gotta I gotta come out and say that's that's just not possible because Waru for president. Yeah. Right. Uh, you already heard our pitch for Waru. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, just a tease here, but we're actually going to do our next podcast. We're going to do a five-hour um, straight a Waru Fest. We're just going to talk all about Waru and we're going to know, be how great he is. Crystal Star at least twice. Right. In <laughs> fact, we're actually going to just do it. We're just going to do a live. Um, uh, we're just going to do a live reading of it. In fact, we're going to go over all the highlights. You know, all six of them. So that's why you got to look at voice actors. Um, yeah, actually, what we're going to do is we're, I'm going to show you how to make waru out of jelly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you literally just take it out of the container, and then you make Luke, then you make Luke dive into it. I can't even remember why he dived into it. Oh yeah, he was. It was to like save someone that got eaten by it or something. <laughs> and then like there was an end, or, and then there was like an end that was sucking in two, and he didn't want to like. He didn't want to go. He was trying to fight, but like save the person or whatever. Man, <laughs> just like Planet of Twilight. I read that book. I just don't remember anything about it. I read so long ago. I don't either. <laughs> Is that it? Are we done now? <laughs> <laughs> and well, until next week when we have Waru Fest. <laughs> right. It seriously is though the best novel. I mean, how how it didn't win like all the awards and I mean it was a New York Times bestseller. You can't deny that. Yeah, well, I mean, look at only I'm quality sure, book. I'm pretty sure it's only wobble. <laughs> right, but, but seriously, only quality books ever make it to the New York Times bestseller list. I mean, have you read Aftermath? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, that is the standard by which we must judge ourselves on. <laughs> right, right. It's a prestigious list of only the, the finest pieces of literary work. And only Mainly just that. Right, exactly. <laughs> And that's why they're collecting dust in my Barnes and Noble. <laughs> How's that viewer? Did we lose him yet? No, we still got a viewer. Anyway, guys, oh. have a nice day. It's been fun recording tonight. <laughs> we should do this again in about two months. <laughs> right. These are almost coming out as infrequently as Minox Nest. Instead of us are in the military. 
Oh, spoilers. Tristan's gone. I'm sorry. But, Brian, it was nice to have you. Oh, Hopefully yeah. we can have Bill on. Unfortunately, Bill couldn't make it because his computer is actually worse than mine. Yeah, well, you know, Bill's a huge advocate for Warrior for President, so he would love to chime in there. Yeah. <laughs> how do we have... How do we have three likes and two dislikes? Is Elizabeth Tops watching this now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edward, go away. Please. Okay, <laughs> anyway, so we've, have we've hit our quota. Okay, good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>